Well, good evening. Turn, if you would, tonight to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is where we're going to be this evening. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are glad to be in your house tonight. Lord, I'm thankful for each person who is here tonight. I know that some are uh, under the weather. They're just not feeling well. I pray that you'd restore them back to health. I pray, Lord, for those who are uh, unable to be here. I pray that you'd just allow them to be back with us soon. Lord, I pray most of all that for those who have been able to be here tonight or who are here, I pray that you'd bless this time. God, that we would be benefited by this look into your word this evening. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I know that we've been bouncing around now the last few Wednesday nights, and I'm looking forward to getting into a study in the next few weeks, one that uh, will give us some measure of consistency. But last week, you may remember, we were in the book of Philippians, and we watched as the Apostle Paul explained how he had learned that no matter what state or condition he was in in life, he had learned to be content or he had learned to be satisfied. And I talked about how he said he had learned it, which meant that it had been a process. It was not something that just came natural for him. It was not something that just because he was the Apostle Paul, he was blessed with a measure of contentment. It was something he had to learn, and it was something that he had to grow into. And so last week I tried to show us, and I think most of us were in agreement, that we in our sinful flesh, we have a tendency to struggle to find that place of contentment and satisfaction in our lives when things are not going the way we want them to go. And what we have to do as Christians is allow ourselves to be taught by the Spirit of God to know that contentment no matter what the situation in life may be. If you and I cannot be content in the situations that God has brought us to, as I tried to point out last week, what we are basically saying is this, is God, you're not good enough for me because in order for me to be content, the circumstances have to suit me. And that's not a good position for us to be in when we find ourselves there. And so we need to strive to be content. All right? So that's what we talked about last week. Tonight's message, I would say, has nothing to do with that. But there might be some overlap in thought. And just going to make a couple of disclaimers, okay? A couple of disclaimers before this sermon gets started tonight. Uh, the first one is this. As Susie asked me today at lunch, she said, so are you excited about the message? And I said, I don't know. We'll see. I said, if it comes out clearly, then yes, I'm excited for it. If it comes out all jumbled up, then no, I'm not real excited about it. So uh, I don't know what your perspective will be at the close of the service. I'm hoping, though, that we can say, yeah, that made sense and it was helpful. Uh, the other disclaimer that I'd like to make is this. In just a moment, I'm going to be talking about Nathan, okay? And I'm not trying to give Nathan free advertising, okay? And I say that because I don't want Brother David to be like, hey, talk about us too because we're in the same line of work, okay? Because I know Brother David, he's, he's pretty sensitive about that kind of stuff. In fact, tonight he was saying, I wish Nathan would take more of our work. So uh, this is your fault, Brother David. I'm going to promote him a little bit. Can you handle that? Okay, he's good with it. So I don't want anybody to leave here tonight saying, oh, why did he slight the areolas? I'm not sliding the areolas. I just know that Nathan has to forgive me and uh, Brother David may not have to. So anyways, that in mind tonight, here's what I'd like to begin by talking about. Okay, you know, as I just mentioned, I'm going to be talking about Nathan for a moment. Uh, you know that for the last few years, Nathan has been in the lawn care business. He has been mowing yards now for customers for the last several years. 
And it was last year, you know this, that he began to do the spraying of yards and different things with the different chemicals that he's now able to buy because he's licensed and insured and things of that nature. And so as a result of getting licensed and branching out into that area of business, uh, he's got a trailer now, he's got a spray rig on it, and with that spray rig, he's got two different tanks that amount to 280 gallons of, of water with the different chemicals in them. And this evening, I know that you understand what I'm about to say. I know that you understand what I'm about to bring before you. But I want us to think for just a moment what kind of chemicals can be dispensed from those tanks that are on his trailer. Now, again, this may seem silly, but I promise you there is a point to all of this. All right, first of all, if you helped him, here is what you would discover, that based upon the color of dye in those tanks, you might get a green yard or you could possibly get a blue yard. Some people have differing uh, desires as to what they would like their yard to look like. So you could have a blue dye or you could have a, a green dye sprayed on your yard. Somebody could choose to have just their weeds sprayed. They want their weeds killed and they want their grass to stay healthy and they want their grass to be able to grow. So you can spray this chemical that will kill the weeds and leave the grass healthy. You can spray a chemical on there that will kill everything that is green at least one time, but it's likely to come back. And then after that, you can spray another chemical if you so chose, or at any time really, you could spray a chemical on there that would completely sterilize the ground and keep anything from growing, hopefully, for quite some time. Okay, so those are just a few of the options, options available to Nathan and what he is allowed to do. It could be blue, it could be green, it could kill the weeds, it could kill the weeds in the grass, it could sterilize the ground. And there are so many other options out there available. But here's what I want us to think about tonight, and that is this is that whatever is in the tank is what will eventually come out of that nozzle. You understand this, right? That whatever the chemical is inside that tank is what will eventually come out that nozzle and be dispensed or dispersed onto the ground wherever it is he is making the application. Now, as you think about that tonight, again, just a very simple thought that I want us to give attention to, and that is this is that whatever chemical has been mixed in those tanks is dependent upon the one who has done the mixing of the chemicals. You understand this? Uh, okay, well, Brother, Brother Randy says, sure, like, yeah, you think we're done? Well, some of you are looking at me like, I don't get it. So I just want to make sure that we get it, okay? The chemical that will come out is dependent upon who has done the mixing and what has been ordered or what has been called for. And so I want us to understand this, that the spray rig and the tanks never determine what they're going to eventually release or to get rid of. The spray rig never does that. The spray rig is simply a mechanism, again, that distributes or dispenses what is inside it. So I want us to get this principle that a multitude of different things could come from these tanks, from this spray rig, but the spray rig is never the one that determines what it gives forth. That is always dependent upon the one who has done the mixing. Now, as you hold on to that, I want us to think about 
this as we enter into the sermon. I want us to look in Proverbs chapter 27 tonight. And I want us to look at a verse of scripture that I preached probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 years ago or so. I want us to look tonight in Proverbs chapter 27, verse number 19. In verse number 19, you see that in the third word of this verse, Solomon mentions water. You see that? Solomon mentions water. Now, here is something that Solomon is going to do in this particular verse. We all know this. We all understand this. I'm not going to share anything new with us tonight, most likely, but the reminder is good. He mentions water, and here is what he does. Of all the characteristics or of all the things that water can do, something that he is going to deal with is this, is the ability of water to reflect images when the conditions are right. And we understand that this is something that water is capable of doing, are we not? Okay, let's be a little bit responsive by way of a nodding of the head or a smile tonight, or you're going to make me real nervous like I'm not talking about things that make sense, okay? All right. Water is capable of giving off a reflection. How many of us today, we, we would be able to say tonight that there's been that occasion where maybe we were at the lake or we were at a pool or we were at a pond, whatever it may be, and, and we saw the reflection of the trees in the water or the reflection of a bird flying over, whatever it may be. I don't know how it works, but water is able to reflect images. Fascinating. Okay. As that is so, here is what Solomon lets it be known. All right, Solomon lets it be known that of all the things that water can reflect by way of image, one of the things that it is able to reflect is the face of an individual. Okay, so how many of us have ever stood beside the water or stood over some water? And again, because the conditions were right and however it works with the sun and the water and, and whatever is going on around us, we've looked over the water and we've thought to ourselves, hey, I recognize that person. That's me. Okay, what is that water doing? It is reflecting the image which would have been us over the water. So as Solomon is dealing with the reflective ability of water, here's what he says in verse number 19. He says, As in water, face answereth to face. As in water, face answereth to face. So what does this mean whenever he says that face will answer to face in water? Well, the word answereth basically means this, that it will answer to it or that it will respond Okay, It is going to respond, the reflection is, to the face above it. So for just a moment tonight, just be willing to admit maybe some silliness if this has ever happened to you, but how many of you have ever been looking over a body of water and you saw your image, you realized that was you, and maybe you made a face to yourself in the water? Have you ever done something like that? Maybe you looked at yourself and you thought, man, that's a handsome dude, so you smiled at yourself real big. You ever done anything like that? Okay, I said admit it, you don't have to, but, but sometimes something like that could happen. Maybe you've stood over the water and you've seen yourself and, and maybe you just decided to make weird random faces. Maybe you'd say, Brother Kyle, I've never been that juvenile. Good for you, but some of us have, okay? Now here's the thing, here's what Solomon says. 
he says the face or the reflection on the water, that image, here's what it does, it answereth to face or it responds to the face. So again, if you've ever done this, here's what you know. You have never looked over a body of water, saw your reflection, smiled at it, and the reflected image in the water said back to you, I ain't doing that. Right? You can smile at me all day long. I'm not smiling back at you. You have never looked in the water and decided to make some weird face at that image looking back at you and that image that was being reflected off the water give you some kind of a look like, what do you think I am, some kind of a weirdo? I'm not going to make that kind of face back at you. Are we following this? Here is what the face will always do. The face will always respond in accordance to what the face above it does. So then it begs a very simple question that I want us to think about tonight. That image that is being reflected in the water, who is responsible for it? It would be the individual on top looking down. Understand this very simple principle? The image on the water has no control or no authority and no ability to do anything other than reflect what the person above the water is telling it to reflect. And so Solomon just starts out with a very simple truth, a very simple thought. He said, as in water, face answereth to face. It will always, always, always be this way. The reflected image on the water will always respond to the face above it. That is how it will always work. So you look there in verse number 19, he goes on to write, and he speaks of the heart of man. He speaks of the heart of man. Now tonight, I know that you know this, but I'm going to deal with this somewhat extensively just so that we are fully aware of some of these truths, all right? He speaks of the heart of man. So what is the heart of man a reference to? It is a reference to the inner aspect of man. I know I've said this many times. I know that others have said this many times. But whenever we read of the heart of man in different contexts, in different areas of the Scripture, very, very, very seldom would it be a reference to the physical aspect of the person's heart. It is generally, most predominantly, a reference to who a person is internally. It is a reference to that person's desires, their emotions, their ambitions, their passions, their dreams, what drives them, what motivates them. There are so many things associated with the heart. And here is what we know, if we know anything about the Scripture, is that the Scripture teaches this truth, that what comes from a person's life is nothing more than a reflection of who they are internally. What comes from a person's life is nothing more and nothing less than a reflection of of who that person is in their heart, who they are internally, 
Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Out of the heart are the issues of life. What comes from a person's life is a direct reflection of what is in that person's heart, period. Have you ever known somebody who was just exceptionally kind? We've known people like that, right? You just meet them, you run into them, you visit with them, and every time you run into them and you're able to visit with them for just a little bit, you leave their presence and you say something like this, that is a kind individual. Why were they a kind individual? Because that is who they are internally. If you meet someone and they're kind and they're encouraging and, and they're just sweet and they've just got a pleasantness about them, well, why is that? It's because of who they are internally. That is a reflection of the heart. That is not something that is accident. That is not something they were just blessed with. That is a reflection of their heart. Maybe you've met someone like this. You could tell that there was a depth about them. Whenever you visited with them, whenever you spoke to them about things of significance and things that mattered, maybe you talked to them about spiritual things, and you could just tell this person has a walk with God. It is real, it is genuine, and it is deep. Why is that? It's because of who they are internally. Maybe you've met somebody like this. They have a control over their emotions. It's not to say they don't ever get rattled. It's not to say that they don't ever get upset. It's not to say that things don't ever bother them. But, but even in the midst of those moments, they have an ability, it seems, to maintain their emotions, their anger, the words that they would speak, whatever it may be. Why is that? because of who they are in their heart. What comes out of that person is a reflection of what is in them internally. Now let's follow this. Because the same would also be true because it's kind of like a tank full of chemicals. So many different things can come out of a person's life. See, many of us have met people who are kind. How many of us have met people who are mm, not kind? You, you just have to spend a couple of minutes with them to know this isn't a very kind person. This isn't a very positive person. This isn't a very encouraging person. This person seems pretty sour. This person seems pretty bitter. This person seems pretty down on things. Have you ever known somebody like that? Uh, you know, if, if you were to ask the question, why is that? You know why it is? It's very simple. It's because who they are internally. That's why they're always able to see the negative side of things. That's why they're always able to be rude. That's why no matter what else is going on, they can find something to be negative about. Why is it that way? Because that is who they are internally. How many of us have ever known people like this? 
They don't seem to have much depth about them, about anything really. You just talk to them and they're just kind of shallow individuals. There's not any real depth as it relates to worldly events. You try to talk to them about spiritual issues and there's no depth there. You, you just try to talk to them and you try to, to, to get somewhere in the conversation that would make sense to, to normal people and it's not going to happen. Why is that? It's because they're internally of that kind of a nature, of that kind of a spirit. People are shallow because that is who they are internally. Just going to labor this for a couple more moments, spend a couple more minutes on this, but I want us to think about this. Have you ever known people who seem to have no control over their emotions? They seem to have no control over what happens when things don't go in a favorable manner in their lives. So something happens and it frustrates them. Something happens and it bothers them. And as a result of it, immediately they get angry. Immediately they lash out. Immediately they begin to, to curse. Immediately they begin to be profane. Immediately they begin to express themselves in ways that are just completely shocking. Have you ever known someone like that? Yeah, you know why they do that? Because that's who they are internally. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Out of the heart are the issues of life. Whatever is in the tank, so to speak, is eventually going to be dispersed. Whatever is inside an individual is eventually going to come out. Now listen, please. So often, this is true of people. When something good comes forth, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, just, I'm just, well, you know, that's just who I am. Well, yeah, I just, glory to God, I guess, that, that, well, you know, just praise His name, I guess that's me. They don't mind taking credit for it. But when something less than good comes out you know what you tend to hear I don't know where that came from oh I've got an idea I know where that came from you do yes where did it come from came from your heart. That's who you really are internally. Oh, no, 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 no. No, that's not who I am. That's not what I'm all about. No, it is. Because see, that which is inside you is what eventually came out. So you find yourself being negative. You find yourself being critical. You find yourself being discouraging rather than encouraging. You find yourself not being able to control your anger and your emotions. And words come out that you know a Christian ought not be saying. And, and all these things are coming forth. And, and somebody says, I don't know where it came from. It came from your heart. Immediately people want to backpedal and say, oh, no, 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 no. That, that, that's not where it came from. That's not who I am. No, it's exactly who we are. What comes from our lives is nothing less than a reflection of who we are internally. See, so many times individuals do not want to admit that all the ugly that comes spewing out 
is a reflection of the problems they have internally. Or they want to say something like this. You just don't understand. We don't have to understand. That is still a reflection of who you are, of who I am. It's as true for me as it would be for anyone else. What comes out of our lives is a reflection of us. It doesn't matter if I understand or don't. It doesn't matter if anybody else understands or not. What comes out of us, we must be willing to admit, is always a reflection of who we are internally. If we are kind or if we are rude, if we are hateful or if we are sweet, if we are able to control our emotions or we're not, if we hold our tongue or we're a gossip, whatever it may be, that is an honest picture and reflection of our internal condition. So notice in the verse what Solomon said. He said, as in water... Face answereth to face, so the heart of man to man. So the heart of man to man. That word so is a simple word, but it's an important word. Why is it an important word? For this reason. That word so means this, to the same extent or in like manner. To the same extent or in like manner. Now you've got to follow this if this is going to make sense and it be beneficial to us. All right? Solomon said, as in water, face answereth to face. In this pool of water, in this body of water, here is what will always be true. The reflected image will be determined by what is on top. It will always respond accordingly to what the person above calls for it to do. If the person above says smile, the image immediately smiles. If the person above it says frown by the facial expression, then the image will immediately frown. The water on the, or the image on the water will always rightly and properly reflect what is above it. So here's what Solomon said. To the same extent or in like manner. You know what is true? He said the heart of man will always answer or respond to the man. Now why is that important? It's important for this reason. That which comes out of our lives is a reflection of who we are. But who then is responsible for what comes out of our lives? There's only one person who can be responsible for what comes out of our lives, and that is us. Again, look at this tank, all right? That, that picture that I began with and tried to make sense out of. Think about that tank. Whatever comes out of it is nothing more and nothing less than a reflection of the one who was responsible 
for mixing the chemicals in that tank. So think about this. As in water, face answereth the face. That reflected image is always going to respond to the person on top. Well, guess what? In like manner, our heart will always respond to what we tell our hearts to do and how we guide our hearts to be. Somebody says that sounds a bit humanistic. Take it up with Solomon. Solomon said, the heart of man, and I understand, and don't get ahead of me, okay? I understand the Christian has to be yielded to the authority of God in their lives, but the heart of man is always going to react according to what we allow to be present in our hearts. See, think about it. If I don't want to be a negative person, you know what I'll not allow myself to be influenced by? Negative people. See, if I have a desire to be positive, if I have a desire to to maintain a, a spirit that tries to see a cup half full rather than half empty, listen, if I want to be of a positive, encouraging spirit, I will guard my heart and I will protect my heart and I will try to influence my heart by trying to stay away from the negative, critical people And trying to be around people who are more positive, who are more upbeat, who have a better outlook on life. If I want to be a person of depth rather than a person who is shallow, especially in my spiritual life, you know what will happen? I'll govern my heart. I will govern my heart to to, to stay away from people who are not going to help me, who are not going to lift me up. And I'll try to migrate to the people. And I'll try to be drawn to the people who will actually challenge me and help me in my spiritual life. Listen, if I want to be a person of depth in my spiritual life, here is what I'll do. I'll recognize that there are some things I have to do in order to see this happen, to come to fruition. Things like this. Okay, God, I want to be a person of depth. So what will I do? I'll be a student of your word. And as I begin to tell my heart to be a student of the word, my heart will then be drawn to be a student of the word. Why? Because it always responds in like fashion. If I choose to be drawn to the Lord, I can be drawn to the Lord. But if I don't want to be drawn to the Lord, my heart can't make me be drawn to the Lord. If I want to govern what comes out of my mouth, you know what I've got to do? I've got to govern what comes out of my mouth. Because you can't govern what comes out of my mouth. So if I don't want to use profanity, if I don't want to have, again, negativity, if I don't want to be crude and vulgar, if I don't want to be one of those guys, you know what I've got to do? I've got to make a determination in my heart with God's help to say this, 
God, that's not who I want to be. And as I live in light of that determination, you know what? My heart will respond to that. So if my heart is told, don't be like that, then guess what will not come out of me? The very stuff that I don't want to come out of me. I have total authority with the help of God in my life to determine what comes out of my life for this reason. As in water, face answereth to face, so, or in like manner, the heart of man to man. I'm just going to share a quick story. I don't mean this any way other than to illustrate the truth of it. Susie can vouch for this, that over the years, Mondays have at times been miserable days around our house. You know what often leads to that? From my perspective, crummy Sundays. So if a Sunday was crummy, if a Sunday didn't go the way I hoped it would go, if Sunday was lacking in what I hoped it would be, it has led over the years to some pretty miserable Mondays. A couple of years ago, in studying and preparing and in preaching, there was this determination made in my life that I don't want to always be dictated to or dictated by the circumstances of the day before by way of my response. Does that make sense? A couple of years ago, I, I, I came to this conclusion, it's dumb for Monday to be ruined because of what happened Sunday. Because I can't go back and change Sunday. And so guess what happened two days ago? I took Susie out to lunch. And as we were sitting there and we were talking over lunch, we were talking about Sunday. I'm just going to be honest with you. Some things happened on Sunday that from my perspective, you know what it was? It was crummy. Just some things happened and I thought, good night. Some other things happened and I thought, my word. Some other things happened and heard some things about a church member and it's like, really? And some questions were raised about another church member and it's like, all this in a 24-hour period? So as we were sitting there talking about it, I could feel kind of this wave of frustration coming over me. You ever had those moments where you could just feel like, okay, it's coming. I sense it. It's just right around the corner. There it is. So there we are Monday, just trying to eat my chicken and french fries and just be happy. And she's saying, well, what about this? And, you know, this was asked, and what about this? And what do you think about this? And as I felt it rising up within me, I didn't say it out loud to Susie, but you know what I said to my heart? We're not going there today. 
We're not. I'm not going to let that run today. I can't fix that. I can't address that. I can't change that. That won't be redone or, or I can't undo that. And it was amazing the very events that not too long ago would have completely ruined my afternoon, I was able to say to my heart, no, we're not doing that. We're not going there. And by the time I was done with my chicken, you know what? I was happy again. You know why I was happy? Because that was what was inside me. And why did that come out of me? Because I chose to be happy when my flesh said, no, let's not be, let's be discouraged and let's be irritated and let's be mad and let's confront some people. No, the, the flesh said, no, let, let, or the flesh said, let's do that. And it was like the Spirit said, no, that's probably not a good idea. And I went with the Spirit and I said, okay, heart, we're not doing that. And something completely different came out. Because I governed my heart, and my heart had to follow suit with what I told it to do. It's kind of an amazing thought, is it not? That sounds so humanistic. Again, it's what Solomon said, and we go to him for a lot of other advice. This is just as true as the rest of it. So tonight, here's what I'd like to present to you, and here's what I'd like to bring to you, and that is this is who is responsible for what comes out of your life? You are. You are not a victim of your circumstances. You are responsible for what comes out of your life. The good and the bad, the pretty and the ugly, that is a reflection of you and that is a reflection of what you have contributed. What has come out is what you have allowed to be put into your life that eventually had to come out. Now this evening, I know that none of us have fully arrived. I've got that, okay? But tonight what I'd like us to consider is this. Not are there ever moments that things come out of your life that you say, hmm, probably shouldn't have had that happen because I know that that happens to all of us, right? But every one of us knows if there are characteristics about us that we know are not favorable. Every one of us knows if we have temper issues, if we have mouth issues, if we have emotional issues. Every one of us knows if we have those types of issues. And if we know that, we've got to ask ourselves, who's the only one that can fix this? The only one who can fix this is us with the power of God working in our lives. Now I want us to, to just to realize that, but I also want us to pause right here and consider this. If you're not even concerned about considering what may be one of those attributes that is consistently seen in your life that isn't positive, do you realize that that says much about you internally also? 
if we're not even willing to sit here and do some self-examination, if we're not able to do some personal reflection and say, okay, what's coming out of my life consistently that I know ought not be the case, if we're not even willing to do that, then that says a whole lot about our heart. Because we can care if we want to care. And we can address things with the help of God in our lives if we want to. It's a force of nature, and it's a, it's a law of nature. It has to be this way. But it's dependent upon whether or not we want to control the heart with the power of God in our lives. So tonight I would just ask you, is there anything that if you would be honest, you'd know, yeah, you'd have to admit, mm-hmm, things are not good right there, and things are not what they should be. Only you can fix it. Only you can address it. Doesn't matter what the intentions are of anyone else. Only you and only me, only we can fix the problems that we have with God's help. Let's all stand tonight and bow our heads for a word of prayer. Fathers, I come to you this evening. God, I pray that you'd use this message to speak to our hearts. God, if by chance we are sitting here or standing here this evening thinking about someone else who needed this sermon, then God, that says much about our heart. If we're here tonight wishing that somebody else could have just heard these words, maybe it would have helped them, then that says something about us because really we should be very mindful of ourselves right now. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be honest and allow you, Holy Spirit, to inspect our lives and show us what some of the problem areas might be. And, Lord, once you do that, I pray that you'd show us that only we can address those issues with your help. And it is upon us the responsibility is to fix it, to address it, again with your help. I pray that you bless the invitation tonight. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.